Welcome to Characters Here Podcast. I'm your host, Charday, creator of SLF Entertainment. On this show, I interview talented people as they share their amazing stories. I also share stories of my own, talking about the ups and downs in life and how to stay motivated. You can find me on Instagram at SLF underscore entertainment, Facebook SLF Entertainment, and check out my books on Amazon. So join the community at charactersheres.com. Oh my goodness, we are back, we are back, episode four. I am your host, Charday here on Characters Here. <laughs> so today's episode, I'll be interviewing Gervais, a beautiful singer from California. And that interview was such a great interview. That interview, honestly, was the one that really solidified this for me. I was like, I got this. Because of Gervais, this topic is all about music and why it matters. The interview that I did with Gervais is so like enlightening. I learned a lot of things that I did not know before. So my question to you is, can you imagine life without music? I definitely cannot. <laughs> when you think about all those good times and I mean, even when you're going through, like, lately, I've been going through YouTube videos, watching old videos from when I was a kid, and I'm like, oh my gosh, or when I'm going down, driving down the street in my car, and, like, I'm listening to one of those old school radio stations, or sometimes the radio station that plays current music will play a throwback, and I'm just like, oh my goodness, I remember this song, and, like, somehow, just that melody, just those song lyrics, you know, just that artist who was very popular when that song was out, that memory of what you were doing, where you were at, who you were with, it just, it consumes you. And just for that quick second, your mind is back there. So music matters so much. I think music doesn't get enough credit, especially these days, because we're so focused on that compare and contrast thing. Let's be honest, even like a few years ago, like five, six years ago, People were saying this music that's out now still isn't as good as the music that was out in the 90s or in the 80s. And it goes back and back and back. What I'm really starting to get into now is that no matter what, no matter how terrible the song may sound or how not right or that feeling it doesn't give you, there are still gems out there. There is still beautiful music being made every day, whether it's your most popular singer, musician, to, you know, the underground artists, the indie artists. They are doing their things right here, okay? Y'all, music matters because it is really a peaceful thing. Music brings people together, to be honest. It's how we all move on with life, you know. I'm one of those people that sometimes I just make up songs in my head. <laughs> so when I'm washing dishes or when I'm about to go get my car washed, you know, any little everyday thing. Or when I'm about to hang with friends. You know, it's something about putting those words to that music. Or even it's just, just the instrumentals that's playing. Like, I'm a huge jazz listener. I used to listen to jazz while I was studying <laughs> to uh, for uh, my college work and all that kind of stuff. Just want to give you something thinking about, you know, enjoy your music. Go ahead, play some of your music from when you were a kid or some of your parents' music. Even play the music that's out today. Like I said, there are still gems out there. So I'm going to get right into the interview with Miss Gervais. Beautiful voice. Please go check her out. Go ahead and comment, rate, and review 
this episode and my others. If you haven't listened to the other ones, you are slipping. And I will see y'all in the next one. Bye. She's a native from San Diego, California, and currently lives there, studied vocal performance and social work, a full-time artist who not only sings beautifully, songwriter, musical writer, script writer, multimedia artist, and a special guest on Characters Here, 33 years young, Gervais. Welcome to the show, darling. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for like taking the invite. I'm like, when I saw your video on uh, Tumblr and you were singing, I was like, who is this? I gotta have home the show. <laughs> I'm so honored. Tell us from the beginning, what was your childhood like? Do you have any fun childhood memories? Well, I've always just really been um, into um, creative expression. As a child, I loved Disney Channel. I watched um, uh, Mary Poppins, like all the musicals. Um, I watched a lot of Shirley Temple. And like early... um, as a child, I would, you know, sing in the mirror, perform for my stuffed animals. And uh, when we would take the city bus, um, I would get on there and I would, I would, uh, you know, sing to all the people on the bus. And my mom was like, oh, I think, I think my child is on something else. So <laughs> from there, um, you know, she just kind of tried to encourage me. And I did like a few talent shows and, you know, through elementary and, um, of course, was very active in the church and the um, children's choirs and um, different performance groups. Um, then in the fourth grade, um, my mom found out about an uh, art school in San Diego called San Diego School of Creative and Performing Arts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I attended that school and it was a really unique program at the time because um, the class, the grades all the grades were together. So the school started at grade four and went all the way to um, grade 12. And wow. I stayed there. You know, it really kind of, it, it really creates a different um, atmosphere. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, at that school, I studied musical theater, classical music. Um, instead of like, you know, regular PE and stuff, we had, you know, ballet, jazz, tap, um, classes we did musicals like Dream Girls and Once on This Island and Little Shop of Horrors, um, and it was just a really really uh, colorful experience. So my childhood, you know, is kind of a mix of like me being you know um, active in church, like in children's choirs and stuff like that, and then you know going to school and um, being backstage and you know learning about costumes and stage. Um, and just also being exposed to um, the older um, artists that were um, on the campus as well. So that it was it was really a really, really unique experience that really um, has stayed with me, uh, really molded me and um, really um, created a sense of community. Even in San Diego, a lot of the people that I went to school with, you know, these are the people that I've known since like the fourth grade, you know, people I've grown up with, you know, we still work together, you know, on various um, projects. Oh my goodness. That is like a dream challenge. (laughs) So like, did you have a role model as a kid, somebody you looked up to who who had an impact on you? Well, definitely. um, 
I mean, I'm sure everybody might say, you know, their mom, definitely my mom, um, because she showed me creativity, like no, no, no one else, you know, like my, she, she wrote a um, lullaby for me, you know, like that was a song that she wrote. Um, uh, and like, she showed me, like, I would go to work with her and she showed me, um, like, you know, how to design things. And she was just really, she's really an amazing artist and songwriter herself. So I would say outside of being, um, an amazing woman, like just her artistry Mm -hmm. and, um, her innovation, um, has really inspired me creatively. That is so amazing. Moms are number one, though. Right? I feel the same way about my mom. I'm like, when I have kids, I want to be just like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm really mind blown. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize until I was older. Like, oh my gosh, like my mom showed me like how to do runs. You know, like we right. be in the car. You know, like she would like she would like do one, and she'd be like, okay, now you do one. You know, and it's like she taught me how to sing. You know, like she she showed me like these uh, foundational um, things that have really helped me. And and that's really important for me to remember because I've had a lot of like, um, you know, training, you know, like in classes and there's a lot of people else, you know, um, in the, what I want to say, like, you know, professionals who kind of make careers of like teaching, you know, um, but really, like, just at home, in the car, you know, in bed, you know, my mom really um, began my uh, love, and she really fueled my love for the arts. From your artistic background, that kind of guided your way into getting into studying uh, music as well, correct? Yes. Um, right out of high school, I went to California Institute of the Arts, where I studied uh, vocal performance. Mm-hmm. I didn't stay there. I realized that my friends who were graduating, you know, with these degrees in music, um, you know, they were getting regular nine to five jobs. Um, and it became clear to me that even though I love music, I, I love setting music and I love music in an educational setting. Like I don't need a degree in music to succeed at it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so I, came out of that um, school and decided to, um, well, I, well I, I went to a, a community college after that just to kind of find my way and get my general um, ed classes out of the way. Um, but that's where I really kind of discovered social work. And um, I, I started looking at sociology. That's what got me on that track. But um I eventually ended up um, studying social work and getting a degree in that. And what do you like about uh, social work? Or is there something, or is like you said, it's just you knew that music, you don't need a degree for it, so you just chose it. Right. Um, social work felt natural to me as someone who, um, like my mom was always doing different types of social work and the way that my mind works um, I'm a problem solver, you know, um, and I have, I'm kind of discerning in a way um, where I look at like, you know, what are the resources um, that a person has in their environment? What are their strengths? So the way that social works, social work um, 
you know, uh, provides help for people. It's a it's a really wide field. Yes. Um, but uh, some of the core principles, like you know, being uh, with the um, strength based uh, approach, uh, really speaks to me. Um, mm-hmm. And it also, you know, coming from the church, um, it just feels natural, you know, to help. So I was very interested um, in ways to work smarter, you know, like you see some programs that are not working or you see um, issues in the community that keep happening and happening and happening. The way that my my mind works is like, okay, let's take a step back, let's assess, you know, what's going on and let's see if we can pull people together, you know, um, to address the problem in different kind of ways. And that's, you know, essentially like what social work does, you know? Um, yeah. So that's what um, really excited me about that and um, got me interested in, you know, pursuing different roles um, throughout social work. Did you ever find like a part in social work that you didn't like and you wanted to change? Well, you know, I was just actually thinking about this because I have returned to the arts, right? So (laughs) I started out in the arts and then I went to social work, um, you know, because I wanted to help, you know, I didn't see, I didn't understand at that time that, you know, how helpful the arts are, how helpful the arts have been for me. Um, But um, in social work, what was what bothered me was like the institution, you know, like the, um, like working with institutions and, um, things like institutional racism, you know, things that were part of policies that, you know, were more geared to helping the organization reach their bottom line than actually providing the care that the population needed. You know, yes, and so mm-hmm. you know, or the constraints of you know working at an agency and having to work for the agency's like you know best interest. You know, when you know being a case manager or a counselor, you know, you see like the different things that are traumatizing and hurtful uh, for the people that you're working with. So, um, being asked to move in ways that felt counterintuitive, um, you know is difficult, you know? Yeah. And there's a lot of stigma that actually comes with being a social worker because of the ways that we're asked to move by various agencies and organizations, um, you know, that uh, provide social workers. Um, So that made me feel like, okay, I need to figure out a way to move more independently and do the work that I want to do outside of working like just for a regular agency. And I actually Mm -hmm. have found that um, there's an organization um, that I'm affiliated with right now. It's called the social workers. That's the S O U L social workers. And um, it really is, uh, it really has more of a community focus and it's folks that, you know, have been through various systems and, um, we're just, you know, standing right with our folks, you know, um, we really, um, want to listen to people and, um, 
honor what their experiences are and respect them as the authorities of their own lives rather than just coming in and, you know, trying to, you know, tell people what they need to do. We also want to listen to what they feel is best, you know, and respect that too, because I think sometimes, um, when we're solving problems as the professionals, yes, we have insight into things, but sometimes because of the way, you know, institutional racism works, ableism works, fat phobia works, you know, we're telling people what they should do. And a lot of times, you know, people are living lives that are way more complex. Um, right. You know, <laughs> um, you can just assess for. Um, so we're doing the work, um, the social workers um, in San Diego. Um, we're doing, yeah, we're doing work to, you know, kind of move in a different way. Right. That's really like big. I like when people come together and try to make a change, you know, a cause. For those that your experiences in social work, has that um, helped your songwriting? Like what's your approach to songwriting? Well, what I have learned about songwriting for myself is that it's something that's really therapeutic for me. It's how I process my feelings and um, my experiences. Um, when it comes to songwriting, I basically, um, it's, it's a really personal um, experience for me. It, it's I, I also enjoy helping other people process their feelings, so I love to write for other artists. Um, you know, I, I have a, I'm pretty good at, you know, um, kind of pulling different things, um, you know, from a person in conversation, um, and building mm -hmm. a song that way. I, I love storytelling, um, but it's, 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 um, really, um, therapeutic for me. Yes. Cause I know sometimes people say like, when I first started, it took me like days and now it just takes me a few minutes. Is that like your, where you are now or it just depends on what it is when you're writing? Um, so yeah, songwriting is strange. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like almost otherworldly, you know, mm -hmm. like, I don't know that you can really force it. I mean, I don't know. Everybody has their own process, right? Right. Um, but for me, it's like sometimes a song will just come, you know, like I've, I've had songs that come to me in a dream and I have to wake up and hurry up and get it, you know, recorded somewhere. Right. And the song comes to me on the toilet. I'm like, OK, are you kidding me? You know, like <laughs> they just come when they want. Um, and then, you know, sometimes if I'm, you know, focusing on it, it'll kind of come in spurts, you know, so I will have to. Um, one of the more common ways for me to write songs is like kind of creating a loop, you know, which is like a repeated little phrase of music. Mm -hmm. And then once I kind of just get into the vibe of it, I just kind of play around with different melodies. And then I just kind of let the song evolve into, you know, what it may be. And sometimes that's kind of, um, you know, based on what my experience um, may be at the time or maybe, you know, what a loved one is going through or maybe something um, uh, that I've seen on the news, you know, kind of sparked something or a desire of mine. But uh, it just, it's really kind of this thing that kind of organically happens. Um, 
sometimes you can kind of structure the world around you to um, create a moment, you know. But mm-hmm. for the most time, um, for the most part, a song like the songs just happen, um, and it's it's kind of, you know, that's why I say it's kind of um, otherworldly because it's like it just you. I'll get a song in the word. It'll just be, it'll be rhyming. It'll, it'll flow. And, and the story just kind of comes through me. Um, And it's really uh, special to be part of that process. Yes. Like that, that is like, it's like magic, like a magical world or something. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. I I really do feel, I feel God in that. Um, I like, I know that I consider myself like an instrument, you know, um, but I and I know that I'm clever. I know that I'm witty, but like a lot of a lot of the credit, you know, I feel would have to go to God, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, you know, is helping me to you know create some of this uh, because it just feels it just it just happens. So, you know almost magically you know yes exactly so what category would you because i know a lot of times artists always get labeled like oh they sing this kind of music but if you had to categorize your music your style of music what would you put yourself in um well i would say i would call it um experimental or alternative soul Um, because a lot of what I do is kind of a mixture of, I want to say like every genre is like a language, you know, Uh, that is a part of me, you know, just like I was saying, like I study classical music, but I'm from church, you know, like I'm from church of God in Christ, you know, but I also, you know, study jazz and I also, you know, Grew up, you know, on Brandy, TLC, Missy yes. Elliott, you know, like, mm-hmm. all, you know, so all of that is in me too. So what I do is like very soulful and it's, it also feels like my writing style is more so like if a person were writing for a musical, you know, like um, just how a musical can have all different kinds of, you know, styles of music. Yeah. Um, but it's still telling a story, you know, so I feel like it's more so storytelling. Um, but I definitely would call it if I had to alternative soul, because what I do is very soulful, no matter what, you know, specific genre, you know, I'm singing. That is like really, really beautiful. Thank you. you said experimental. You said alternative. Yeah. Yeah, I would say alternative soul. Yes, um, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Like that's like that's kind of um the vibe. Like I think some of the artists that some of the contemporary artists that I would hope that um I aspire to sound like mm-hmm. I, I like I aspire to sound like but it just like if I think about what I'm writing like these are the artists that I feel like you know if I was doing a concert or something like I would hope that my my work would be good enough to like do a concert with these artists like 
um, Niles Barkley, you know, CeeLo Green, like how he's kind of like quirky, but then also gives you, um, you know, the soulfulness and Mm -hmm. with different kinds of um, sounds, you know, I just, I really love the freedom of that, you know, just like, okay, whatever you feel, like you can um, create music from it. Um, So I, I appreciate, you know, artists like, like that. Oh, yeah. See, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I already see you up there with the greats, okay? <laughs> so it's already, it's been put out there into the future. So, yeah, that's why I plan to go to one of your shows one day and see you up there with them. <laughs> so I know that's going to happen. Thank and you. do you remember, you're welcome, do you remember when and where your first performance was? And what was that experience like for you? Hmm. Um. Well... I have a couple of my first performances in my mind. I know, like, I remember when I performed, like, I think it was kindergarten. Wow. Um, I think it was kindergarten. Kindergarten at first grade. And um, it was like a Halloween um, little uh, festival or something. And... um, I was, <laughs> I sang this song about um, a kiwi bird, the most random song ever. And at the end, I had a little uh, pumpkin and um, my mom had me to like um, uh, throw candy out <laughs> candy out of my little thing at the kids and they were, they were gagging. Um, so I just remember like I remember like my early performances that I felt like I really had turned the party you know Um, I like my my next performance after that I would say was I did a talent show at that school probably like in the third grade maybe the second or third grade and I did um I want money and I was like I want money lots and lots of money and these two girls um, decided that when we were doing rehearsal, they decided, decided that they were going to do the song, too. And I was like, oh, my God, no, these girls did not, you know, they stole my song. I was like, okay, I'm not going to back down, right? So, yeah. my mom, listen, my mom made for me the most sickening gold outfit with the gold, with the gold chain. It had little, like, gold coins on the chain. Oh, <laughs> I was like, listen, my wardrobe was turned, okay? And I, yeah. I was hitting something choreography and I turned that uh a little talent show out and those girls look so burnt and I just remember <laughs> as a child just doing the ultimate doing the most you know big hair awful just like okay okay y'all try to come for me so I just I have those those are like my early moments uh my, my my first performances where I remember like okay this is a show you know like rehearsing and stuff like yeah. that but oh my, my mom doing my costumes, telling you know, telling me to hit choreography and giving me life. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> that is like I could just see that right now. <laughs> that should be a movie. <laughs> yes, I gotta find the VHS. It was I was doing the okay. most. It was so good. <laughs> yes, they 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 certainly did try to come for me. I was like, oh no, honey, I'm about to no, ma'am. Yes, I'm about to turn this out. <laughs> <laughs> Singing is that something you can? Of course, I know you you love doing it, but yeah. is it ever a point where you thought 
no, you know, this may be not for me. Um, yeah, it's really hard to um, be a professional singer um, and choose that as your career. Um, you know, people <laughs> tell you like, oh, there's no money in that, um, you know, and so that's why I ended up, you know, getting a degree in social work and like trying to find something that was practical um, because it's the picture is painted for us that to be a professional singer, you have to be famous, you know, like it's either nobody knows you or everybody knows you. And that's what success looks like. But after working, you know, in the industry in different ways, like I understand, like there's a lot of different things that you can do. Like, Last year, I did my first um, commercial where I was singing a song, you know, and got a check for that. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, or met songwriters who, like, you know, write songs for movies, you know, or, you know, did background work, you know, on other albums. Um, you know, you can you can make money that way, too, and, like, that's all industry work. But I, I you know, when you are starting out, like, you, you don't know, like, that, yeah, like, there's other ways to be a professional singer and, like, make a living, you know, singing. And that's good you say that, because I don't, a lot of people don't know that, and they're so quick to tell people that they can't do something because they don't even know (laughs) what's out there. Right, yeah, we're not educated, you know, all the time on, like, all the other things that people are singing, you know? Uh, You know, jingles, (laughs) like, those people are getting... Like people who write jingles, you know, they're getting their money too. And uh, yes, heck yeah, you know, or the songwriters. I love writing songs. Like, um, that's a big dream of mine to like write a song and to have, you know, a popular artist sing it, you know, like that's money, you know, and right. Uh, so I'm, you know, just I had to open my mind to, um, the other ways, um, that one could be a professional singer, and that's been really helpful to me. Ooh, you, you just educated me, honestly, because I didn't know that stuff either. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard to, it's, you know, like, you, I feel like you don't know until, like, you get in there, you know? Like, that's true. oh, okay, like, these people are, a, you know, doing this and that. I'm like, okay, I had no idea that, I mean, like, you know it's out there, but it's not something that we're really consciously thinking of, you know? exactly it's just I guess because you it's like being on the outside looking in so you really don't know what's going on inside you just oh you see a couple people walk out and you're like (laughs) you know that's what they do (laughs) right that's why I really encourage like folks to you know if they're interested in something to you know try to get internships or you Mm. know try to meet other people that are working in um, whatever industry they're interested in so they can have a better understanding as to you know what they're jumping into because just kind of understanding something from the outside which is kind of what we do when we're getting educated to do something you know yeah when I was getting my social work degree I didn't have an understanding you know of everything that you could possibly do with social work until I was in the field and working different positions and seeing like okay this is what it actually looks like to be a school counselor right you know this is you know uh, this is what the benefits look like. This is what, you know, my flexibility looks like. And then then you understand, you know, or this is, you know, what a side hustle is like, you know. So it's 
it's, it's a lot of learning to do, but thankfully, you know, we have the internet and, you know, you just right. want to get out there and investigate um, to work a little bit smarter, I think. True. So true. What have you learned about yourself from putting your talent on display? And what's been the feedback you received from others? Um, well, coming from art school, you know, uh, I have learned, um, you know, because you're constantly having to perform in front of your peers and audition and, you know, put your art on display, put your talent on display. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned that, you know, it's really a sacred thing to, you know, be an artist, you know, and really there are, you know, outside of like technicalities and, and things like that, like there's no wrong art, you know, uh, yeah. and everything is, uh, you know, everything has a place and has an importance. Even, even if you're singing the wrong notes, you can still tell a story, you know, if you have, um, emotion or, you know, uh, a vulnerability, uh, and honesty to it. So I try not mm-hmm. to be judgmental of myself. Um, cause I find that it's counterproductive, you know? So right. from putting my, my art on display, um, it just is a constant act of freedom for me, you know, um, just to express because there's so many rules for everything in life. Uh, you know (laughs) and it's like I feel like the one thing that I have is my art you know and that's what Mm -hmm. I can um do freely without judging myself um but still allow myself to receive critique from people as well you know people that I respect and people that I um you know value their opinion or maybe it's just an opinion um and I take it into consideration and I see like okay like here's a way that I could take my work to the next level um and because I'm really interested you know uh and always kind of pushing the boundaries and you know creating something more um to engage uh, myself and others emotionally like I really will listen to like what people have to say now Mm. not helpful to me that's not something that I hold on to you know right Um, Mm -hmm. but you know people have said all kinds of things to me like (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. art and kind of come you know hand in hand oh I didn't like this or that was offensive and you know that's all valid um but for me you know uh people's opinions are you know just that, you know, like I kind of allow it to sit where it's at and I try not to live for the praise of people too much. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I I try not to, um, you know, die for the, you know, the critique of people too much. You know what I mean? I just kind of allow them to say what they want, you know, and if it moves me or it influences my art, great. If not, you know, that's what it was because, you know, everybody's going to have their own experience um, just as I do. And my experience is important to me. So true. How do you stop yourself from criticizing yourself? Well, I try to see like what's productive, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, is that a helpful, you know, 
is being good or bad, like, what does that mean? You know, is that, you know, do I, is there something specifically that I want to improve on? You know, okay, yeah. Um, you know, maybe I see footage back and, oh, I didn't like my outfit or whatever. So then I, I can remember that, okay, you know, outfits are important to me for when I'm performing. So let me, you know, try to wear something that's not going to trigger me or make me feel, you know, uncomfortable about my performance. You know, um, there's different ways to um, realize like what's triggering to you or what kind of puts you in a bad place, you know, or what kind of makes you doubt yourself. Um, and um, so kind of acknowledging that and then also like understanding the importance of everything, you know, like for me, I invest in the story that I'm telling, you know, so if I'm singing and my voice cracks or I hit a wrong note, like I still feel it's important, you know, like that's the honest, you know, um, story that I'm telling, you know, that's the emotion that I'm feeling. And so I use it and I, um, I don't let any kind of, you know, imperfection stop me. Cause I don't think that I'm perfect. I do think like, there's a lot of things, uh, you know, in my technical vocal performance, like that I could improve on, you know, but I don't let that stop me. And I think a lot of times like artists, like they want to be perfect before they do something. And yeah. I just, you know, like that's not good practice, you know, because yeah, um, you kind of learn from, you know, jumping in there, you know, uh, and you learn how to, you know, technically get better at certain things and then you also learn how to emotionally um you know kind of mature and deal with yourself as a human being being mm -hmm. imperfect and growing you know and okay well you know if I don't sleep at night then my vocal isn't going to be the best you know so then you take your tail to sleep you know like <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's all it is. And, you know, trying not to live or die for, you know, any moment and just kind of say, OK, this was what it was. And, you know, people will take from it, you know, what they what they will. Um, and I just feel like if when you're coming from an honest place, like it's always like a blessing um, to people, because sometimes people need to hear a wrong note. You know, um, sometimes people, you know, need to hear, um, you know, you mess up on your words, <laughs> you know, like that. <laughs> You know, and and that's there's another level of vulnerability, um, and it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. You know, just because you're human, you know, like it's okay. And I think people they, you know, they tie so much of their experience to like being perfect, and it's just it's not realistic, and it's mm -hmm. it's, it's dangerous. You know, very. Yeah. So for those that are listening, who would like to put their ability to sing or to be a songwriter for the world to see, but they're afraid to, what advice could you give them? Do it anyways. <laughs> you know, uh, maybe start, you know, singing with other people. So like maybe a choir or a small group, you know, where you are singing with people um, to like help you feel more better about your technical singing. Um, you know, I would also say, you know, go ahead and record yourself, um, you know, and watch yourself back, you know, get comfortable with hearing yourself, um, you know, up the upload some things to the internet, get feedback from people like, you know, you can, you know, kind of delete things, <laughs> you know, like, you 
just kind of put your toe in the water, but just get out there and, you know, express, like, don't, you know, be afraid of messing up, you know, theater, Mm -hmm. we practice, you know, when we're doing our warmups, you know, um, you know, just kind of making sounds, you know, (laughs) know, just like, just really silly, silly things. And, you know, of course, like some of it's to like warm up your voice and, you know, just kind of help you, you know, kind of play around around with range but also there's another level of like uh, just get get out of your mind you know like just get, move past it you know like don't hold yourself up don't get stuck on you know I need to look a certain respectable way you know uh, because it really kind of um impairs your creativity you know what I mean it really kind of stifles it is what I'm trying to say so I would say you yeah. know safe spaces are good you know, um, uh, places where you can sing and, you know, maybe find some, you know, music that really resonates with you or just start writing, but, you know, just start collecting things. Another thing that's also, um, good is like garage band. That's how I really started like producing my own music. Um, and you know, it's kind of a safe space where you can just kind of create things, but you're still, you have that creative outlet. Um, and you can hear yourself back and you kind of, you can, um, fix it. And then you can like even upload that to SoundCloud, you know, so you begin to kind of have an audience, um, from your own safe space, you know, but you're still putting yourself out there. Um, so with the internet, it kind of allows you to kind of also be an introvert and, you know, still have your material out there. Um, and you, yeah, you can't even like you know, perform, you know, from your house and it's just you and the world can see. Um, But, you know, it can also allow you to, you know, have these little baby steps where um, you're seeing what feels good and what doesn't. And maybe you're someone who doesn't want to eventually do live performances and that's okay too. Like maybe you just want to be like a recording artist, you know, or maybe you just want to sing every once in a while at like an open mic and that's okay too. It's just, you know, find what you want to do and don't let it stop you. You know, um, I started out as a vocalist, um, and I always wanted to paint. Um, I never painted or drew anything because I didn't think I could. I thought like I didn't have that ability. I never tried. I didn't try until I was about 29. And I just started painting and I've been painting for, you know, the last few years. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like I did I it was something I I never knew I could do, but I really have made a good amount of money selling paintings now. Um and so for me that was such a reminder that, you know, don't let your fear hold you up or don't let, you know, your mind tell you like, oh, I can't do this because you don't know if you haven't tried, you know, like you might, you know, and then another thing is you might be terrible at it and that's okay. You know, there's a, yeah, there's a, there's a place for terrible singing and, you know, somebody will like it. And if, if you like it and it feels good to you, then it's not wrong. It's right. You know, Um, everything Um, has a purpose and I think accepting that um, and allowing it to be what it is you know or allowing it to evolve um, they're all valid experiences very very real I loved all of what you just said you just woke something up in me (laughs) oh I'm so glad (laughs) is there a quote that you live by 
from a book you read or a person in your life that keeps you going? Yes. Um, there is a quote, and it, I think it's on all my emails. Um, and I found it when I was in high school. Um, and I really didn't know what to do with myself because I was always a really emotional person. Um, mm-hmm. And I got a lot of... Um, flack for that um just being a sensitive you know feeling type of person you know would cry or you know would be up you know thinking about things you know in the world and feeling overwhelmed and I was just very sensitive um and so I happened to actually I read the prophet um by uh Khalil Gibran after I read that I was I don't know, somehow, I think it was, it was in a magazine and it was a quote, I'm sorry, this is such a long story, but <laughs> just wanted to set it up for you because it was, it was really um, important for me to see that because I always felt very sensitive uh, and emotional, but um, I thought people misunderstood that, you know, a lot, you know, I thought people kind of treated me as though it was a weakness. And so the quote is, um, <clears throat> Tenderness and kindness are not signs of weakness and despair, but manifestations of strength and resolution. And for me, that's powerful because it allows me to feel, you know, and not judge myself for feeling or being impacted. Uh, It allows me to have peace with my tenderness and my kindness. You know, people, you know, sometimes they misunderstand and they say, oh, that's weak or you're a pushover or you're naive. But like, I know I have a sense of resolution um, in my kindness. You know, like people don't have to understand that I have the resolution for myself um, with my tenderness, you know, and my sensitivity. Um, So in a lot of ways, my sensitivity is my strength. And uh, And that quote, was something that really validated um, my feelings. Can you say that quote one more time? Absolutely. Tenderness and kindness are not signs of weakness and despair, but manifestations of strength and resolution. I love it. Yeah, it's great. It's great. And it just, uh, it, it allows me to, to, be, uh, to, to be myself un- unapologetically. So that ends the serious part of the interview. That's what I like to call it because I also like to get into some fun, random questions. So what is your favorite TV show? I am not the best with favorites because I'm like, if something, I will fall in love with something, but then if something else pulls my eye, I'm like, oh my God, I'm in love with that. Um, (laughs) My favorite TV show right now, I would say... Maybe House of Cards. Um, oh, I yeah. Um, just because I really enjoy uh, some of the social commentary and I really enjoy the writing. Um, you know, some of the things that he says, like, um, about, like, gratitude, you know, being a type of power move, you know? Like, if you give something to someone... Um, then they owe you. And so that's powerful. Um, so like they have, they have a lot of really interesting things that they say um, as they show um, some of the main characters moving and kind of, kind of like a conniving way, but it's like, you know, politics and they're showing you how like they're, you know, 
the the shadiness, you know, like the fake niceness is like powerful. And so I really like to hear um, what they have to say about it. What's your favorite color? My favorite color is probably like um, seafoam, real calm kind of color. And at what age would you stop telling your age? I would always, uh, you know, I feel like right now it's kind of an awkward, you know, like, because I'm 33, but uh, I don't have a problem saying my age. Um, and I, I never will, like, you know, from now on, uh, because I think I'm kind of done aging, you know, like, like the shade is, you know, it's like, people are like, oh, so what do you do? You know, like they expect, okay, like you need to have a house, kids, a husband, this and this so like that's the only shade like you know hi like I'm 33 and like I'll play with puppets you know like that's not something there's like shade on that but I have embraced that I'm an artist and very weird um so I think I will continue to tell people my age um because like my mom she still looks like she's 33 you know what I mean like we're done aging so like that's also the gag Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I would get like that too. I'll be like, I'm proud to be 80 and looking 40. <laughs> yes, I'm 180. Yeah. <laughs> Killing. Killing it. Yeah, I think I'm going to start telling people like I'm actually older, right? just, you know, for the. I'm 47. <laughs> I drink a lot of water. You know, it's fine. Oh, yeah, they'll be like, oh my God. <laughs> Yes. If you could invent anything, what would it be? If I could invent anything, I think I would invent like something that would allow me to like taste the things that I see on television. Um, Or like, you know, (laughs) like travel through it, like, oh my gosh, like I want to go there. Or like, you know, or like if I was, if I'm on like FaceTime, it would allow me to like, you know, hug my loved one, you know, like those yeah. kind of things where you can like kind of travel through um, devices, maybe. Oh, you would make so much money off of that. <laughs> like, oh, hold on, let me try this. Let me try the new uh, Dorito tacos, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm telling you right now, every commercial will be watched. <laughs> exactly. Or let me try, let me actually try that um, hair product. Hold yes. On. That would that would that's where um trials would come in. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And if if you could be any character from any show, cartoon, movie, book, from anywhere, what character would you be and why? Maybe I would be Dorothy. Oh from the Wiz. Yeah. It just seems like I don't know, her experience was just so magical mm-hmm. and um, also traumatic. <laughs> yeah, so true. <laughs> traumatic, but just like you know, to be in there and just see all the, you know, the wonders of you know, Oz. I think that would be really exciting. Yes, that is so true. That's like one of my favorite movies. <laughs> yes. Or, or I would be. Charlie um, in the Chocolate Factory because that's hella like things that I could taste. Yes, that's another one of my favorite movies. 
Like, you know, oh my God, I always wanted to like lick some wallpaper. Yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> The whole house is candy. Yes. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I would love that. Actually, yes. that's, that's that's what I want. I just want to go somewhere where I can eat everything like off yes. the wall. I do have a thing with germs. <laughs> oh, that'll be the only thing. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Eat the tops of the trees. And yeah, yeah. Like, I couldn't get with the eating the grass part. I was like, um, yeah, y'all stepped on that. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I might lick a little piece of wallpaper though. Yeah, that's the. Oh my gosh! Like, I think I'm gonna watch that movie now. <laughs> Listening, right? Like, oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. So good. <laughs> and how can people reach you? Well, people can reach me at gervais.com. Um, that's my website that's just launched and still developing it, but it has all my uh, all the links to my um <clears throat> social media. Um, and also, um, I'll be having a blog on there as well. So it's just J-E-R-V-A-E dot com. dot com. And that's where you'll get all your links to social media to reach you. Correct? Yes. And there's also um, a way to subscribe um, to the website. And so you're getting all of my updates on touring um, and projects that are coming out. Um, so I'm, I'm super excited to have Jareda come up now. I have a lot of projects that... Um, I'm I'm hoping to um, get launched um, by the end of the year and at the by the beginning of next year. So keep an eye out. Definitely, definitely will. Thank you so much, Gervais, for this interview. Like you don't understand, I was like, I ple- I really, really hope she gets back in contact with me. <laughs> this has been so much fun. This like you really like enlightened me on a whole lot. Thank you so much for that and just. Being a part of the show, I really appreciate it. I'm telling like everybody, like this is a dream of mine, putting this podcast together and getting it out there. Because I just want to expose people to other, you know, different types of people in all different types of lanes. So thank you so much again. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I, I love what you're doing here. I love the, the, the questions. And it was a really um, fun interview that you put together. So thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please leave a rating and review on iTunes and invite your friends to listen as well. For more information on today's episode, head on over to charactersheer.com and follow me on Twitter at charactersheer. Don't forget to check out my books on Amazon. Until next time, don't be a stranger. Be a character. Be a character.